Welcome to the Tips and Salsa podcast, your local source for chips, salsa, and instructional technology happenings within the Redlands Unified School District. And here are your hosts, Jamie Quartz, Nicole House, Caleb Rothy, and Jen Vadney. Hello, Redlands teachers and staff. We are back and excited to kick off season four, season four. of Tips and Salsa podcast. Amazing. So this is an especially exciting episode because it's our 20th episode. That's crazy. 20, 20 episodes. Who would have thought? Does that make us like a golden or silver? Right. Just, what anniversary what is that? that? <laughs> Don't we get a cake? <laughs> it's like a cake. emerald anniversary I think or something? normally you get like we a can pin. get chips and salsa for this one. <laughs> yeah, we should chips look that salsa. up and then go back and drop it in and post. <laughs> Maybe that's for like 50 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm here with our amazing tech coaches, Nicole. Hello. Caleb. Hello. And Jen. Here. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about EdTech apps, terms of service, privacy policies, and what teachers need to know to make sure they're teching safely with students. You know, the fun stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's favorite topic. Right. Yeah. Privacy policies and student data protection. Yeah, I guess we do, we do a good job today. You'll be rolling on the ground laughing mm-hmm. and cheering with all this info. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely try to keep it light, but this is key important stuff. I don't know that you can really teach in the 21st century um, and make use of these tools and apps without understanding what some of the limitations are. And, and we're going to do our best to try to make that easy for everybody to understand and and easy to digest. For sure. It's worth a listen. Yeah, absolutely. So before we start, we're going to talk about chips and salsa in this episode. Um, And since this is the the first kickoff of this season and our 20th episode, I thought we should do something fun. So I have some homemade salsa that I brought in today. We are rocking some salsa verde. Yum. All with ingredients that are grown in my garden at home. So my wife is actually the one that put together the salsa for us today. Yeah, uh, but this is all shout out to Kelly. Yeah, woo. thanks, Thank Kelly. Thank you. So it's this great. is this is all homemade stuff, and then we're enjoying that with on the border cafe style uh, chips today. So what does everybody think? It's awesome. You knocked it out of the park. This one is amazing. Well, it's already, good for me. I already just spilled some on my pants. Okay. Well, it's official now. We have an official episode. It's okay. It's, since, it's, since it's salsa verde, it's a little bit lighter than a normal red salsa, <laughs> so I don't think it'll be as noticeable. Is it it's sweet? Delicious. Like, I taste sweetness. Okay. Yeah, I, there's a little I bit of sweetness in this. I don't have the best taste buds, I think so. from uh, the roasting of the tomatillos usually brings out a little bit of sweetness in this. Mm. So. Good. I'm glad everybody enjoys yeah, it's it. It's delightful. Mm. Mm-hmm. We'll see how long this bowl of, of it lasts. <laughs> Not long. I've been eating it. <laughs> we're all distracted right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think well, oh, yeah, we have a podcast we're doing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. I think it was funny when Caleb's like, we're going to talk about chips and salsa today. We talk about chips and salsa every day <laughs> and every podcast. Well, here's another thing that we don't always talk a lot about, but we do really love is stickers. Yes. We have new stickers this year that I'm super duper excited about. And one of them is especially for our podcast. So we are have one that is for all, all of you certified listeners that we will be giving away. And we are have a form that we will put in our show notes, but you can also get there very easily by going to bit.ly forward slash certified listener. There are no caps at all. Go on there. Let us know your name and your location. And we'll try to get it out to you as soon as we can. Um, we'd love to have you put 
post these all over your devices, your water bottles, your filing cabinet, whatever you've got. Stick it on there um, and be proud to show that you're one of our certified listeners. And this one is an exclusive sticker, right? The only way you can get this is to prove that you're a certified listener. That is correct. Yes. You've got to listen to the podcast. And if you listen to the podcast, then we know that uh, you're a certified listener and you can go to the link. Again, that link one more time is bit.ly slash certified listener. And you can head there now or at the end of the episode. Yes. Thank you. Do we have the logistics to get these out to millions of people? We do. We do. Yes. Don't worry. We've got it taken care of. You're going to comp us a bunch of time on the weekends and we'll just make sure that everybody gets theirs. Okay. Maybe we should <laughs> limit it to the first million people. The first million? Okay. We All are right. expecting demand to be high. Yes. Um, yes we do a have million. a couple of chartered flights set up. We know we've got a, a large audience in Peru, so uh, we've got a flight set up for that. So if you're listening, go ahead and get in, get your reservation for your sticker, and then Jamie's going to put us on a plane and we'll be there to hand yep. deliver it yep. for you. Yeah, so that was my question. Are we hand delivering this? Well, sure. Hand deliver. sure. If uh, we need to. I mean, I, we can. Don't we have listeners in Italy? Maybe Ireland? I don't know, Possibly. but does anybody have family there who could log in real quick? <laughs> I'm rooting for Fiji. So if you're in Fiji and you're a listener, yeah. hit us up. Shout out to our sponsors, FedEx, for uh, <laughs> right and around the world. We'll be delivering this in one of two ways, either hand-delivered or through district mail. One of those two things <laughs> is how you'll receive it, guaranteed. <laughs> All right, so um, the words ask before you app. I think we've heard that quite a bit. Ask before you app. Yep. and. And, uh, you know, the question is, why do we do this? Do other districts do this? You know, are we being extra cautious? Um, Where does this come from? So what I did was I did a little um, digging around. Uh, Many of you guys have heard of ISTE. ISTE is the International Society for Technology and Education. And it's pretty much the worldwide authority of kind of what district, formal districts, districts that are uh, well advanced and, and pretty much doing everything they should be. Uh, doing in the world of technology. So what what are those standards? And so I did a little digging around, and um, when you look at the standards for educational leaders, um, there's a standard called system designer. And um, system designer says, learns to build teams and systems to implement, sustain, and continually improve the use of technology to support, lear- support learning. So when I dug a little bit more into that, it talks specifically about protecting privacy and security by ensuring that students and staff observe effective privacy and data management policy. So um, it's like, it's a real thing. Yeah. And um, one of the things that we talk a lot about, we throw a lot of acronyms out. One of the things that we talk a lot about is um, PII, Personally Identifiable Information. And uh, that's that's something that we really, as as administrators, and we're turning on these apps and getting kids to sign up for these programs, all in good faith, you know, for for all the right reasons. We have to understand that many of these are collecting the personally identifiable information from kids, mm-hmm. and in many cases, minors, kids under twelve. Right. Um, and we need to understand: a Are they doing that? And B, what are they doing with that information right. when they get it? Mm-hmm. So um, that's why, you know, I think if you just look at it in those terms, yeah, it's definitely worth making sure that we're we're choosing apps and programs that that do this safely for our kids. Mm-hmm. So so I think that's kind of what the discussion um, is that we're going to have today. And and um, 
where we want to just kind of shed a little bit more light on the reasons why we do this. Yeah. And, you know, on behalf of our team, I think we all want to encourage the use of great educational web apps that are out there and all the tools that the Internet provides us and, and our devices provide us. I think those educators, we have a duty to make sure that we're doing it in a safe and responsible way. And that's kind of where our team comes into it. We'll do a lot of the heavy lifting for you yes. and do the vetting and do the you know the background checks and the privacy policy checks and all that stuff. Um, but I think it's important that, that all teachers understand just because you, you heard of a great app on social media recently doesn't mean you can try that with your students tomorrow. Uh, it doesn't mean you can just say, hey, there's a, you know, a login with Google button. Everybody just click that because that means all your students have accounts. Um, and the, that that app or that company is collecting that data. So there are a bunch of things that we can do behind the scenes to just make sure that it's vetted, it's trusted, it's approved, um, and it's legitimate before we start creating apps and, and using tools without, you know, kind of going through that vetting process. I agree with you, Caleb. I think that this is all really serious stuff, um, you know, and it can be a little nerve-wracking to think that we're getting our students onto um, different platforms and, and websites. But the thing I think that is the most important is, um, one, for the classroom teacher to understand what it is and, and why it needs to be something that we think about, at least. And then, two, know that we are definitely here to help with it. So it's it's not something that they need to necessarily know all the rules and laws, because there are a lot of them. Um, but know that we are trying to help out with that. And so we'll kind of go through the process of how all of this works and, and what we do here in Redlands. So Yeah. And I think a good place to start with this before we get into the behind the scenes is just as a teacher, what do you need to do? Let's say you come across an app and you're like, I want to use this, or there's a new Chrome extension and you see that it's blocked and you, you go, I want to I use this. I want my students to be able to use this. What's the process? So really quickly, um, what we did is we started a couple of years ago establishing kind of this vetting process. And we came up with a page that is on our Tech Coach website. It's also on our department homepage if you go to the district website. So you can get to it with either place. Uh, but if you want to go to our Tech Coach website, it's bit.ly slash tech. And so you could actually pause this and check it out right now if you want. But when you get there, we have a little tab called, I think it's Allow List Request. And if you navigate to that tab, there's you know some disclaimers and some stuff that you should read through. And at the bottom of the page, there's a very simple Google form where you just kind of tell us the key information. Um, and then what we can do is we will, behind the scenes, vet it and proof it and make sure that that app is going to be appropriate. So all you have to do as a teacher is identify an app you want to use, submit that information into the form, and then we'll do that kind of the due diligence for you. So that process, once you submit it, usually takes a couple of days. So if there's something that you want to use in a lesson coming up, you want to get that process started. Or maybe it's even just like a, a YouTube video that's blocked for students and you want that to be allowed. Um, just you know, a couple of days before you're ready to use it, start this process. And then what we'll do is we'll do the student data privacy check um, behind the scenes and make sure that it complies with all the rules for, for student use. Um, and then let you know, you know whether it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. One thing I want to note, though, is that what we do behind the scenes is the student data privacy check, not necessarily the staff data privacy check. So all you need to know about that is, as a staff member, you're over 18, and so you can use any one of these tools for your own purposes. You should read the terms of service. You should read the privacy policy, policies on your own. Make sure that you agree to everything that you want to use. 
we'll do the heavy lifting to make sure that it comports with um, student data privacy. So we'll kind of handle the student end and and you can use your own discretion about apps that you use as an adult. So so if I was an adult and I was going to click on terms of service. I'm sorry. Did he just say if I was an adult? If, hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically, if I was an adult over 18 <laughs> and – and I went the extra mile to click on the terms of service. <laughs> what are some red flags that I should be looking for? Or what are some things that I should be looking for that would give me confidence that this is something that's safe? I think what makes that really tough is that there's not a singular list of bullet points to look for that would guarantee that it's safe. So you, the more you read these things, and uh, I think everybody on the team has read dozens of them now. <laughs> Jen, who handles this primarily, has probably gone through hundreds of these. And so you start to look for a couple of common threads in there. And Jen will share some of those common threads when we talk about the student data privacy. Um, but as, a, uh, as an adult looking at these things, it's important that you just read through it and see if there's anything that doesn't agree with how you want your data to be used. Um, I know some people are very sensitive about like targeted ads on websites or websites using cookies to build tracking profiles where if you search for something in Google, next time you go to Amazon, you're seeing that as a recommended um, purchase for you and things like that. All of that is explained in a website or in an app's terms of service and privacy policy. So you can just read through that and go, I'm comfortable with it being used for this. I'm comfortable with it being used for this. Oop, this one right here, this uh, this is not how I want my data used. So I might um, shy away from that. Yeah, it may be a heads up. Um, some of you may have noticed when you're going onto your computers and going to certain sites, navigating to certain sites, a pop-up will show. Yep. And it'll, it'll say accept or decline. And if you really read through that, it gives you an opportunity to accept the terms of service of navigating to that site. Yeah. Because if you navigate to that site, it may collect cookies or it may collect information, and you could either accept or decline that. So, right. so these things are, um, you know, for the consumers, the public consumers are things that are protections that are actually happening in response to a lot of the scary things that we've heard in the past. Yeah, because right. in the past, those cookies would track you no matter what. And they, they didn't really divulge that unless you read the fine print. So there's some new laws that came on the books. Actually, earlier this year, you probably, as Jamie noticed, see all those little cookie pop-ups that say, hey, what do you want us to do with cookies? Allow all or do you really want to read the, the fine print? I always click read the fine print and look at it and I go, okay, the the cookies that are essential for use, turn those on. Oh, the ones that are going to track my, you know, my activity across apps. Yeah. Decline, turn that off. Um, and so those are some of the things that we, we have more visibility to now as consumers than we did even a year ago. I'm glad that you mentioned that, Caleb, because it's not an all or nothing. It, it makes it look like right. it's all or nothing on the pop-up, but there is always like a little link. It's small. You kind of have to look for it, click on it, and then it gives you the options of turning on the cookies that allow for better functionality of the program on your computer and to turn off the ones that target your behavior on yeah. the internet. Very good. Yeah. Those are all great things for your own personal use, right? As an adult, um, kind of using those as a teacher, whether it's be professional or in your personal life. But um, let's try to narrow this down a little bit. Let's start by talking out, talking about how we, the things we look for when we're approving um, like a web application. So Jen, can you give us like an example of what that might be and, and what we would, um, what you or the team are looking for to make sure that our kids are staying safe? Absolutely. This is one of the biggest ones. Uh, because it involves a third party. And by third party, an example could be an Edpuzzle. Right. Edpuzzle is used, wi used widely across the district. And 
you can sign into Edpuzzle very quickly and easily by clicking sign into Google. Mm -hmm. And then you select your individual account and then you're in. Like Caleb said earlier, clicking on that button activates an account. So before you're in that situation, please send us a request to, to do the behind the scenes. And so because this leads to reading privacy policies uh, in terms of service, this approval takes longer than a YouTube request. Uh, sometimes those policies are easy to read, and sometimes I <laughs> need a second and third opinion right. <laughs> because the legalese is, is heavy. Yeah. yeah. So um, when I'm reading it through, um, there are definite items that I'm looking for. One, the acknowledgement that PII is collected. And I've read enough to realize that most companies collect some sort of PII. It's very rarely that I come across a privacy policy that outwardly states we do not collect data. That happens sometimes, um, but it's very rare in the web application approval. So once I see that, then I'm looking for statements that say we do not sell data, we do not rent data. Those are big. Because if they are selling your data, then they're using your information for financial gain. And then who are they selling to? Right. You know, um, it opens up a can of worms. Something that you may see if you are reading a policy is a statement or a section that says who we share data with. And let me give me an example of, of what this could be. Let's go back to Edpuzzle. Hypothetical, but maybe Edpuzzle outsources some of their maintenance work. So they have hired a different company, a separate company, to run maintenance on their website. This other company, therefore, will have access to the data that's involved in the accounts. Edpuzzle has a responsibility of holding this other company that runs maintenance for them to the same student privacy guidelines that Edpuzzle does. And so what usually happens is those two companies enter in a contract to agree that even though you have access to our website and you're running maintenance and you can see this data, you're not going to do anything nefarious with it. It is safe and protected. Which is important. I mean, that's Absolutely. that's definitely something we want to make sure they're taken care of. Yeah. You know. And so, Jen, on this front, usually you're looking for a website that says we don't sell your data, mm -hmm. we don't rent your data, and if we share your data, it's with some of these like contractors or servicing agencies, and they uh, have the same data privacy expectations or, or requirements that the app does. Yeah. And I would say that's most educational apps yes. make those pledges, uh, but not all of them. So that's why it's important that we go through and we vet. And if you see one that says, oh, we actually do sell your data, that would be a red flag and something that you know would not be appropriate for us to say all students should start creating accounts with this company. Right, right. And you'll also see that um, sometimes deep down in the privacy policy, they talk about how their data is encrypted, which, you know, they're just giving um, someone like me a little bit more confidence to say, yeah, this is a good, this is going to be fine for our kids. Not only is the data safe, they encrypt it 
you know, when someone else is doing maintenance. If you really think about it, you can have a seven-year-old with a gigantic data footprint. Right. I mean, their their name, their first name, their last name, right. their Google accounts, uh, maybe even their school, uh, their age, all these things could be all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, as a seven-year-old, mm-hmm. a huge digital footprint. That's why it's like, that's why, you know, even just in 2017 when we were starting to do this, we were starting to tell their parents, hey, guess what? Your kindergartner now has his Google account. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, four or five years later, not only do they have that, they have an enormous digital footprint mm-hmm. because they're also on Edpuzzle. They're also on Flipgrid, they're also on this, they're right. also on, you know, Mayon and Lexia, all over the place. Right. So we've really got to be cautious on what we're allowing our, our um, in our organization. That leads me to the other item that I look for is a statement about tracking the behavior of students. So if they say we track the behavior of a student, they are acknowledging and holding the information that whenever a student is clicking around for a toy, looking for shoes, looking for a backpack, whatever they're looking for, they're holding onto that information. So when they go to the next screen, that toy is now visible. So um, at Redlands, that is against student guidelines for data privacy. And so if a company is doing that, then we have to say no because we do not want a company building an information profile on any of our students. Um, That often happens if the service is free. And Mm. I shouldn't say often, but sometimes if a web application is free, it's free because they get money via advertisement. Makes sense, totally. I mean, all of these tools that we use are paid for somehow. So they're either paid for because we signed up for, you know, a paid account, pro account, something like that, or they're monetizing based on advertisements. And sometimes those are passive advertisements. I know Jen will talk about that in a second. Sometimes those are targeted ads, which are more lucrative for those companies. They make more. Uh, But if it's a targeted ad, then that means they're building profiles for students and they're going, oh, this student clicks on a lot of links about this. Let's serve them up this advertisement instead. This kind of brings a thought to mind. You know, this is kind of like herding cats, right? Or or playing whack-a-mole where it's like, (laughs) how do you control all of this? I mean, there's always going to be the next new thing. The kids are always going to be looking up different subjects or topics or items that they want to buy or whatever. Um, And so it's not to necessarily scare off everybody. And, you know, we don't want to say don't use anything, but we're saying that we do have this policy or we do have this procedure to check these policies mm-hmm. so that um, we can try to help you and make sure that the kids are being safe and what they're using. But, uh, you know, I mean, like you were saying, Jamie, there's a lot of it that even though they are using these things that are safe, there's still going to be some of that out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's a fine line to walk, but it's it's constant. I mean, I feel like it's all the time there is something new. And so, you know, like I said, trying to put a cat in a box or trying to hit that yeah. whack-a-mole, it's just crazy. So yeah. well, I think it's that's, all the time. It's it's kind of a good problem because we've we've come a long way as a district. Sure. And, um, you know, I mean, people want to use these things. Yeah. And they're using them on a regular basis, like you were saying, Nicole. So I think the next step for us and our responsibility is just to educate, you know, Correct. just to do things like podcasts, you know, get videos out there, get information out there. And, and that's really the whole purpose of this is just to educate yeah. and, and get people to – 
be a little bit more thoughtful and conscious about, hey, the second I press that button, the second I tell all my kids we're going to try this today, yeah. there there could be some, you know, repercussions for yep. that. Yep. But reach out to us. We right. will help you with that. So Yeah. Beyond just the education, just know that we're a resource for you. Right. That if there's an app you really want to use, heck, maybe it's one that we've never even heard of before. All you have to do is fill out the form, again, on our Tech Coach website, bit.ly slash R-U-S-D tech. <laughs> Go there submit the thing, and then we'll do all of that work for you. You don't have to be an expert in student data privacy policies. Um, we'll vet it. We'll make sure that it it comports to all this, and then we'll let you know, hey, that app is good to go. Or it's not good to go. Don't use it. Right. So that actually brings us to a different category. I would like to add two more things to the category that we're still on, if I could. One, um, I want to clarify something about ads. Caleb mentioned passive ads. Ads that show up on a student screen are fine if they're not targeted. And so that's the difference there. So some teachers may see, wait a second, there's an ad there. That is how that company is funding their their company, you know, their software and, and allowing us to use it for free. Right. That's okay. But it's the targeted ads in the building of a profile that we have to stay away from. And Jen, could you also talk about, um, in addition to the ads and the what do we buy or sell, what kind of data, can you talk about like age restrictions and, and what we check yeah. for there? Yeah. There are some that will strictly say you can only use this if you're 18 and over. We can't allow that. You know, it's against their policy and, right. you know, we don't want to usurp that. And then sometimes we say or we see only 13 and over. So there, that's the other element you know, yeah. they know their product, they know what it's being used for right. and how they advertise, and they are outlining those, you know, concerns and um, letting us know in the private policy that, you know, if you're using this with a student that's 11, well, you're going against our policy. Well, and that makes it hard for middle school because you've got kids that are mm -hmm. early, younger than 13 and over over 13. So right. if you have like seventh and eighth grade teachers or, that are looking for these apps that are actually pretty good, but are only for 13 and over, it yeah. just it's just hard. Yeah. And all of that has to do with the legislation that has been passed. I mean, we have a lot of laws, uh, federal laws, but California has also passed a whole lot that are oriented towards protecting students, specifically those that are um, under 13 and then those that are 13 to 18 have a little bit more latitude. Um, but if there's a company that that is already using the data in a whole bunch of ways, they're selling it, they're, you know, they're targeting and all that kind of stuff, they can only really do that with users that are 18 and over. So they're going to say ours is not eligible for K-12 use. It's not something that even if you get parent per permission, legally students are, are not permitted to use this. And then the same thing with some of those other ads or with some of those other services where, hey, we are going to use the data like this. That's okay for a 14-year-old, but it's not for a 12-year-old. So that's why there's that 13 plus cutoff. Yes. Um, should we move on? Are yes, we ready? All right. Yes. Let's let's try something different because that that was a big one. The web applications is huge. Yep. Yep. Um, let's talk now about some of the what I I like to think of as really fun kind of add-ons um, and Chrome extensions. Sure, Chrome extensions and add-ons are a much quicker process. <laughs> um, with a Chrome extension, if you're not familiar with this lovely little tool, it is a tool that improves the functionality of your browser. So it, you know, when you click on it, it will split your your windows into two, um, or will turn 
the internet page um, into a different language if you're using Google Translate. So those are two examples. And now the Chrome Web Store has a tab that says privacy policy. So it's very easy for someone like me to get the request, go to the Chrome Web Store, click on it, click on the privacy policy. And Chrome extensions, I typically see we don't collect any data. It's awesome. They straight up tell you. <laughs> they straight up tell you. Yep. So that's good. Within our system, Chrome extensions can be turned on for just staff. Mm or they can be turned on for staff and students. So there are situations that the data, you know, they might collect um, for certain reasons, and that would be a situation that's okay for adults because we're adults and we make our own decisions. And so we open it just for teachers. If the privacy guidelines are great, I don't know what you called it, the golden, Yes. I, the gold standard? Golden standard. Okay, okay, okay. That's it. That golden standard where, you know, everyone is safe, then we can open it up for students and teachers. Can I mention something? Um, if a something is requested and then denied, what we always try to do is provide an alternative. Correct. So it's, it's never like, oh, sorry, that doesn't work. I mean, that happens, but we'll always provide... You know, because chances are, if you're looking for a, vo a good voice translator or, you know, something mm -hmm. that that you found that is really helpful, there's something that we found that is actually safe. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. We always want to create a win-win situation. And Jen, the process for add-ons is very similar, right? But th these are slightly different than Chrome extensions. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. Add-ons, um, they are little tools that improve the functionality of a Google app, such as Slide, Sheets, Docs, Drive. It's kind of like adding a new feature into Google Docs. Like, I wish Google Docs did this. Oh, this add-on will take care of that for yep. you. Absolutely. They're fabulous. For add-ons, it's all or nothing. So we have to have that gold standard. The privacy guidelines must match what we have as established as a district in order for that to be turned on. We can't just turn on an add-on for a teacher and not for the student. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way in the system. It's, it's an all or nothing. So um, with add-ons, it's got to be the gold standard. And that's not something that we control. I mean, that's that's not by our choice or our policy um, who it's being turned on for. That's just the functionality of it. It just isn't – it doesn't work that way, as you said. Right. Um, so just so people understand that, you know, the same thing with the extensions where it does – we do have that option. Um, and so we've, you know, kind of tried to use that to the best of our ability. But um, it, it's one of those things that's beyond our control even. So yep. just kind of good to know. Do you have an example of an add-on that you could give us? I know um, there's some in forms, right, where there's like choice eliminator. Choice eliminator. So um, Also in forms I use, I'm not sure if it's forms or sheets. I think it works in conjunction with both, but in notification. Mm. And so that'd be good. The allow list is it's a spreadsheet in Google Forms set up. And so I have used an add-on to send myself an email every time I receive a request. 
And and these are the kinds of things too. Every once in a while, you'll see this in our newsletter. If we hear about a new extension or an add-on, um, we we kind of put those out there that way. And so hopefully, this gives you a little bit better understanding of um, what they do, where they come from, and and how we make sure that they're safe for everybody to use. So those three that we've talked about: the web applications, the Chrome extensions, and the um, the add-ons. Those are the ones where we really need to check privacy policies. And what are you going to do with the data? Is it protected? Does it comport with COPA and FERPA laws and all that kind of stuff. There is one other thing, though, um, that you can request to be allowed, and that's um, YouTube videos, right? Right. So it's all on the same form. So again, you can find that form on our website. That is the bit.ly forward slash RUSD tech. <laughs> what was that again? <laughs> bit.ly forward slash RUSD tech. And um, go to our allow list request, and then you can fill out the form. It's one form for everything. So um, the next category that we'll talk about is those YouTube videos. So, Jen, give us a little background on how that all works. Oh, this is the quickest turnaround. <laughs> Yay! Yay, because I have control over this. <laughs> and hopefully the vetting's been done for you on these, right? Yes. Um, so when I receive the request, I check – there's something that I check, which is a category. I'll, I'll get into that. But I don't watch the video. I, right. I'm – taking your word that you've watched it and can you imagine we'd be sitting around all day watching youtube videos. <laughs> <laughs> that would take so long i think i had new position in RUSD. right youtube video video watcher, watcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i had i don't know maybe 800 last year right maybe oh more yeah that's a lot of time so you're the professional we trust you yes, please watch them first <laughs> send it in and um i, I there are two levels of permissions, visibility. Teachers don't have filtering with their accounts. So they can see if it's allowed through the system, then you'll be able to see the video. It doesn't work that way for students. So that's something that we're going to have to address. And then the other thing that's a little bit different is elementary versus secondary. secondary. Right, yeah. right. So the filtering system that elementary accounts are on is a different system. They use iBoss, secondary uses GoGuardian, and you know, those two softwares act differently. And so we have to alter our behavior. Yeah, work <laughs> we, within their parameters. We have to work within those parameters. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, so I think one of the things that we wanted to mention on this was that for elementary, those videos, the access to those videos is governed by YouTube's filtering, Google's YouTube filtering. Yes. So that's set like at the YouTube level, what access do you want elementary students to have? And usually that's, I think it's restricted mode. Is that correct? I believe, I believe so. Yes. And then, so for secondary accounts, they will have an additional layer of filtering that's done through GoGuardian. That's what you mentioned, yeah. right, Jen? Exactly. So GoGuardian has the ability to unblock a category. Like sports, entertainment, yeah. music, things like that. Yes. So when a person makes a video and uploads it to their YouTube channel, part of that process requires them to select a category. Categories are all pre-created by YouTube. So it's a drop-down list and you select one. Some of those categories are automatically unblocked. Like education, that's a category. And if a video is classified as that, then you can see it. Makes sense. Right. Um, one category that's automatically blocked is music. So if the person uploaded it and tagged it with 
the music category, then we won't be able, your students won't be able to see it and you'll have to send it in to get unblocked. Now, that's not saying all music is bad. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I um, hear a teacher will, will reach out to me and say, you know, this is a great video. It's educational. Right. But it's blocked. The reason being is that person who uploaded it did not select the education category. They probably selected people and blogs because it's a video about a great topic, an educational topic, but it's a part of their blog. And I, I think for a while that was the default category. When anybody uploaded something to YouTube, if you didn't pick a category, it automatically went into people and blogs. Mm-hmm. So it kind of became a catch-all yeah. with some stuff that we wouldn't want students accessing during school hours or with a district device, you know, right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, for protection of students, we, we have those two lists. Good. I think that's a good um, explanation of what's going on with YouTube. And, you know, those of us that have been around long enough, we remember when there wasn't even those options. So it's nice that we have the ability to kind of um, still be able to access it, but make sure that our kids are safe um, and not not putting ourselves at risk of something. (laughs) So Jen has mentioned a couple of categories that are allowed, like education and some that are blocked, like uh, entertainment or comedy or music. Um, Where could somebody go if they wanted to see a full list of the allowed categories and the blocked categories? I'm going to rely on Nicole for this because she (laughs) says the website bit.ly so smoothly. Oh, (laughs) yes. It's back. You can go to our website. That would be bit.ly forward slash R-U-S-D tech. Right. No capitals at all. No capitals. Super easy. Bookmark it. It's that's, That's the best. right. Yep. Go there all the time. And so, once you get there, when you go to the allow list request area, there's a whole section on that page yeah. about YouTube videos. And you'll see a link right there that says, hey, look at this category guide. Yeah. And it'll tell you exactly which categories are allowed and which are blocked. So you know if you're watching a video that's in the gaming category, it's it's going to be blocked for students by default. And it's very easy to um, identify because it's a big red graphic. Yes. So click on that graphic and it will take you to the lists. On that document that is linked, there's also a video showing you how to check a category yourself. So um, it's a very easy process. I do it multiple times a day. <laughs> I can attest to that. But when, and once you get into the habit of doing it, you can do it yourself. And if it's in one of those categories that are already unblocked, you don't have to send in a request. That's less work on, on your end. And it means you could literally use the video 10 minutes from now. You know all students have access to this. Absolutely. Nice. That's very nice. I um, Since we are talking about that big red graphic, let's talk about the other one that's also on there, which is the green, the green one. Graphic. What is that all about? What, what's, what will you find if you click on that instead? You will find the Redlands approved list. Yay! So if you find a fabulous web application and you want to send in a request, I suggest clicking that big green graphic that says <laughs> RUSD approved list. Go to the tab that says web applications. There's an orange arrow that points right to it. And just kind of scan the list. It is an alphabetical list and check to see if it's already been approved or not. Right. So um, anything that goes through the process, whether it is approved or denied, is listed there. So you can see that it 
was vetted and approved or vetted and denied, or it might be approved with some conditions. And I just want to plug really quick, if you're ever looking for like, I need something new to kind of use in my class, I need a new web app, or I'm just looking for some new Chrome extensions that Mm. other teachers find useful, you can just go here and peruse this list. And it's literally a list of all the things that your colleagues have ever wondered about and asked to have unblocked. So it's a great place to find new add-ons that you've never heard of before, new extensions, new web applications that have already been vetted, they've already been approved. You don't have to fill out the form for these. You can start using them right away. And bonus, there's even a link. So if you find one that you want, mm-hmm. the link is – you don't even have to Google search. We've already got it linked for you. I, like, I, come on. How easy I agree. That? <laughs> I remember when I was first learning all this stuff, I'd go to these extensions and add-ons pages and just start clicking through stuff like Doctopus. And, yep. Yep. and, and um, I didn't know. I didn't know what any of them were. I just right. clicked through all these things. And then like like you guys are saying, this is right there. You just – it's it's vetted. Yep. It's used. It's We know it's educationally appropriate. And, and there's a link. Just click right on it. Yep. We've really – tried to make this as easy as possible. So it's a repository that's available all the time. You don't have to like jot down names of extensions on a little sticky note and try to remember those down the road. Just go back to this document and check anytime you want. Can I share too? I, I feel a little guilty. We keep saying we made this all so easy for everybody. Um, I'm I'm going to step back and say this was really all Jen. So <laughs> as much as we try to help her, um, this list is maintained by her. All the links are put on by her. You know, she does most of the vetting. She's the one who understands all that legally as she says, um, I I am I feel worlds behind her in this in this aspect. So um, kudos go to her. We always Thank work you. as a team in here, so for sure we you know when she needs the help, we try to step in and do what we can. But um, she is our expert. She is our go. She's my go to expert. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take that one step further. I challenge you to click on any district website. Look, (laughs) any district website in the country, and I challenge you to see if you could find something something like this this anywhere. That's a good challenge. There is is nowhere that has this. Make sure that website is safe. Yeah. (laughs) Because we did. We wanted to steal. We wanted to try to get get something that was borrowed. Be inspired by the work of others, I think, is what you meant. There was nothing there. So kudos to this team, and especially Jen, for taking this bull by the horns, understanding how important this was going back to what we were saying at the very beginning this is important for a well-developed you know um, high-level district that's really pushing forward in tech so um, it's it's huge this is an incredible work yeah yeah thank you I've learned a lot in this process (laughs) (laughs) Um, especially reading um, my mind wanders off and I really have to focus on that. <laughs> I need legal, to re- yeah. reread this a I second time. Sometimes, sometimes. She's having us call her Dr. Vadney. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I, I do want to mention that there is one more category. It's a website that students do not have to sign into. You know, okay. it's just sometimes you come across a great resource, but the website is blocked for students. Again, we assume that you have looked through the website. It has great content that you know you want to share with your students, but it's blocked on their end. Feel free to uh, click that option, website that does not require a student account, and we'll go through that same process. 
I think that pretty much wraps it up for the allow list, um, where to find it, of course, um, what it does, what we're looking for, um, you know, any of those kinds of questions. Of course, you can always email us too. So um, if there's something that you have a question about before you even get to the form, please reach out to us because in, in all honesty, it really is something that we're doing to keep you and your students safe um, and making sure that everybody is just using things appropriately. So Agreed. And I know we threw a lot at the audience in this episode because this is important and there's a lot to it. If you only took one thing away from this podcast, it would be just before you use something with students, the best way to make sure that it's safe is to just go to that form, fill it out, um, let Jen and the rest of the team behind the scenes kind of vet it and look at it. Um, and then you'll have a lot of confidence going forward that like, hey, somebody that, that is well-versed in this has looked at it and has signed off on the app. So that's all we're really asking is that you make use of this form and head there whenever there's something you want to use with students that that is blocked or that you want to double check on. Absolutely. Ask before you ask. There that's we go. Right. That's right. So it is a heavy subject. We do admit that and we acknowledge it. So I think that we're going to um, pivot a little bit and move to something that's a little more lighthearted. I think we've got a game a for game. today, right? Jen, we, did you put something together? I sure did. Oh, goodness. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> I'm not going to get like pie in the face or anything. Like. No pie. <laughs> okay. No pie. It's salsa? a bucket of salsa, salsa that drops on your head. So we're going to have these little <laughs> no, that's buzzers here. a waste here. of salsa. That is a waste of salsa. Oh, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, we probably need to like hold it in our. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like mine. I don't think I like mine. <laughs> There we go. Uh, of yeah. course. Yeah, Star okay. Wars. Yes, Perfect very for Caleb. <laughs> some lasers. So, um, we did a little brainstorming. Wanted to come up with a different game because we normally do the hot seat. Right. But... So, this is Caleb versus Nicole versus Jamie. Yes. Three of probably the most competitive people <laughs> <laughs> you could probably have. This could go bad. This yeah, this could ways. go ugly. <laughs> I feel like it's going to get ugly. We yes. may need a referee. <laughs> That's me, I think. Okay, Jen. Well, well good luck, Jen. <laughs> All right. So um, I have movie quotes. <laughs> wrong. I have the answer. No, you're already wrong. <laughs> you, oh. Wrong. And Negative one to Jamie. This wrong. <laughs> um, so I am going to say a movie quote because I can't. I wanted to, like, play the movie, you know, the clip. But I can't because we'll get fined. <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. Fast Times Original High. <laughs> No. Dang it. You're out again. All right. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, debated, do I say it like the actor said it or I just say it Oh, like it's pant. an impersonation? Yeah. Yeah, you got to do know. that. Save I think first. that would help me. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm, gonna, okay, I'm nervous. All right. I'm nervous. <clears throat> you guys ready? Yeah. You can't handle the truth. Oh, I don't know who. I totally got it. I Yeah, Jamie might have hit his buzzer okay. first. Good fellas, Jack Nicholson. That is incorrect. No, no, no. I'm not. not no, good no, no, no. If you get mad, if you get mad, if you get No, no. You did get Jack Nicholson, but he was not in Goodfellas. And it's the the game is the movie, right? We don't. Need it's to, the movie. Okay, so Caleb. It's a few good men. A few good men. I could picture. Yeah, on your second try. I could picture. See, this is gonna be hard. Okay, we need to get a rule book out here. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you lost the point. You said the wrong movie. Okay, dang it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you um, said the wrong answer. This this one is timely. If you build it, you will come. Field of Dreams. Yes. Yep. Yes. And they had the you know the game the recently, game recently right, with Kevin right. Costner coming out and yeah toss out of the, the fields or something. I'm curious about this one. You guys ready? Yeah. Right. That'll do, pig. That'll do. 
I don't know this one. Oh, right, Jamie. Babe. Babe! Oh! <laughs> well done. I did nice. not know that one. Nice. I did not. All right. <clears throat> Channeling my inner actor. <laughs> roads! Where we're going, we don't need roads! Oh. Back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, that was, a good, that was a good impression, Jen. Right, that was I mean, a good she had the, the fists and the hair. Yeah, and she the, moving. The, <laughs> she put on a good. lab coat. That was wow. Teased my hair up. I am horrible at this game. Nicole, you Gosh. can start playing anytime okay, you, you want now. Put yours down. Let me get a chance here. I think this one's a good, good one. <laughs> okay, I Nicole, what movie? Okay, Greece. I, I'm going to uh, yes, yes. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Jen, come on, help me out here. Okay, this is just for Nicole. Okay, oh, I think you okay. got this. Oh no. Okay. Fish are friends, not food. Finding Nemo. Yay! <laughs> I get a bunch of them for that. <laughs> so I, I have was nervous. A, I have a total of ten. Okay, keep We're going. Good, right? Go. Do you want to do? Let's do two more. Wait. All right. We should probably do three more. Okay. Perfect. My heart's beating so fast right now. <laughs> I feel comfortable using legal jargon in everyday life. I object. Legally blonde? Yes. Oh. Two points for Nicole. You knew that one, huh? Maybe. <laughs> I did hit my buzzer, too. Uh, too bad. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Airplane. Yes. Ha! Oh, <laughs> I don't think I did a very good. Shirley. Shirley was what gave it away yeah. for me. <laughs> okay. So this one, come, you guys should definitely back. get. You will get two. Maybe. I don't know. So serious. Okay. I don't want them to gain another yard. We're going to. That was literally a tie. We tapped it at the exact same time. <laughs> Doing it the second time. All right, Nicole, all yours. I don't know it. I'm going to guess. Remember the Titans? Yeah! Oh, comeback kid. That was a total the comeback. The comeback kid. Uh, that's my favorite line. We're going to blitz that was all good. night long. <laughs> well done, Jen. Well done. That was a fun one. Thank that you. That was good. That was, that was hard for me in the beginning there. So Good comeback. Thank you. All right. Well, that's a wrap, folks. Just want to make a quick mention to the tremendous work of our entire workforce getting school year off the ground on yes. this historic year in education. Yep, yep. Incredible work. So proud of you. That's right. Woohoo. Yeah. We want to encourage you to stay positive and know that we're here to help you. Absolutely. So keep on listening. Share this podcast with a friend and stay innovative. And one day, maybe you will be a guest on our award-winning podcast. Until then, see you next time. This is RUSD Red Tech signing off. Don't forget to uh, fill out our form if you are one of our certified listeners. That would be bit.ly forward slash certified listener.